Well, thank you for joining us today at You Better Hear Me. And I am your host, Charlene McWilliams. And today on You Better Hear Me, I am talking with a fantastic lady that I know in a community that I'm a part of as a biker. She is a Black female biker that I met years ago. I mean, years ago. It's been a long time, hasn't you, Order Rock? It certainly has. I want to say at least been. 10 or so. Ooh, we, ooh, we, we dating ourselves. We dating ourselves. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, she is a motorcycle lady and she's a biker mama. I don't, I'm not quite sure which handle she likes being called, but a, a lady that bikes, a biker lady, biker girl. I, I don't like the girl part, but whatever the case may be. She is a lady who rides a bike and she does so well. And she has a big bike. So it's not like a little teeny bike. It's it's a it's, she'll explain what she, what it is that she rides in a little bit, but her name is Cheryl Shorty Wright. Got how do you pronounce your last name? Gather right. See now, see gather right. You better gather it right. Yeah. I always look how at her name that? and I say, yeah, I'm gonna mess that up. And what did I do? <laughs> I messed it up because in the biker and community. That's okay. We just know each other by our, our biker names. And that's the funny thing. People, we don't know each other by our government names. What's your government that's name? That's correct. And you see people on, sometimes on social media or other, in other areas, and you're like, wait a minute, what's your name? That's your name? Yes, that's my <laughs> name. But anyway, so Cheryl, Shorty Rock, Gather Right. Thank you so much for joining us today. And she's going to talk a little bit about being a biker and being a woman and being a minority woman biker, all of those things rolled up into one beautiful package. And How about we, that? <laughs> we know, I know, I know, right? In this day and age, we're getting to see a few more women out on the road. And I don't know if it's because I've been a biker for a bit myself. I think I started out in 2003 when I got my motorcycle license, much to the chagrin of my dad, who was alive at the time. But I have always loved biking. I had a neighbor who grew up with me. Well, I grew up in the neighborhood with um, a biker and I would just see him leave his house on his bike and he looked so happy. And it, it was just the sound that he made, it, the bike made and the, the, you know, the expression on his face. It just really made me want to get into biking. And I did. And I've been doing it, like I said, since about 2000 and three or four and I want to talk to Shorty Rock and get her story about being a biker. So we're going to call her by her biker name, Shorty Rock. Shorty Rock, oh, how are you doing this you. evening? Hey, I am wonderful. How are you? Thank Great. you for such a wonderful introduction. No problem. No problem. It's a wonderful person. So of course you get a wonderful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want you to talk a little bit about your story as a biker. How'd you get into it? And give us a little bit of background on that and you. Oh, thank you. I absolutely can. Uh, first of all, I wanted to make sure that you are clear. I don't mind being called biker mom, biker <laughs> grandmom. I am the coolest grandmother that my grandchildren have. Uh, and I like to make sure that they understand that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am the mother of sons and uh, a wife of a fabulous husband. Uh -huh. uh, and, you uh -huh. know, they, they really support me, you know, and it's amazing because <laughs> how I got into riding motorcycles, you know, it kind of ties into a lot of my background and my family life, mm -hmm. uh, very much like yourself. You know, I was a child, a teenager 
watching neighbors and during the eighties, you know, the mopeds were like the hottest thing out. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was getting Pujos and, you know, MB5s that was uh, made by Honda. And there was a young man who pulled up with an all black one with the gold rims and the lettering and all of that. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I need one of those (laughs) in my life. Okay. He'd rigged his, huh? Yes. It was all nice and sporty looking, you know, and they had them down the street at the little local motorcycle moped shop and all. It was called Rick Case Honda in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, you know, that's where everyone went and, you know, kind of expressed all their dreams and whatnot. But my parents, of course, did not think that that was a good idea. Uh-huh. I have a little teenage girl running around in the city and this, on this little fancy moped. That was not happening. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, uh, at that point in my life, you know, uh, it was something about it because in the community, there were several motorcyclists around, but uh-huh. I never saw a female on one, you know, mm. so I didn't really realize that you know, women either rode or were interested or what have you, but I always did things and were interested in things. It was somewhat abnormal, I guess you could say. You know, I was a girl who went to the drag track with my dad and, you know, all kinds of other things, you know, so I really liked automotives generally. So I knew one day when I grew up, oh, I was going to have that motorcycle, you know, (laughs) I just had to have that motorcycle. But my dream didn't come to fruition until I was in my late thirties, you know, because I had to raise my family and I was a wife and all these things. And, you know, it got to a point where when I hit my later thirties, you know, my children were growing up and they were in high school and driving and dating and they didn't care what I was doing. (laughs) So I thought, okay, this is the time for me to explore myself. What is it that I really like to do? And if I really like this notion of being a motorcyclist, it's time for me to go take my, my class and maybe pass the test and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to do so. And so, you know, with the support of my family and everything, I got my first motorcycle about 37 years old. So wow. I started riding in 2007, um, you know, and I got a Harley Davidson and I was terrified and couldn't <laughs> believe I bought this thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did what I, I do? <laughs> yes. And then I couldn't tell anybody, you know, I was like, well, I can't tell you I'm scared. I, I got it now. So I have to do what I have to do and practice and that kind of thing. So that's kind of how my story started. Wow. That is great. And and like you said, you came back to it. It was something you loved and you kept it in the back of your mind that this is something I want to do. And, and I, I think that's important for, a, you know, women and women of color and women of any stage in in life to realize that if you have a dream, it can be deferred. You don't have to give it up. There are circumstances and situations in life that might cause you to put it on the back burner, but don't give it up. You don't have to give it up. You don't. That's so true. That's so true. And we will tend to do that. You know, we think we're too old. It's over or what have you. No, you can do it. You know, and the one thing that I did take away from my mom, she would say, if it's in the driveway, I'm driving it. (laughs) And she would. And I said, you know what? It didn't fall too far from the tree. So let me just go ahead and follow suit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that is funny. Now, did your husband ride before you or did did he come along after you? He rode before me. So it's funny because my brother and my husband both were motorcyclists well before I was, they were doing this in their twenties, you know, and I was a sandwich making mother and, you know, they would go to the drag tracks and all this stuff and they would come off the track and I was making sandwiches and make sure they were good to go, you know, but I was like a uh, 
what do you want to call it, a uh, drag track fan. So mm-hmm. I would just watch them and then bend their ears about what they were doing, how they were doing it, how did you come off the line like that, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm in their ear. And I don't know if they just thought I was annoying at that point or what, but I was trying to learn everything that they were doing and how they oh. were doing it to get down that track in that that fast, you know. Right. I was fascinated by that. So, yes, my husband rode years before me, even years before we even married, you know. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Now, he, mm-hmm. did, he, he did drag racing? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yes. I didn't know yes, that. So. Oh, yeah. He, you know, it's funny because, you know, like um, – he got his first motorcycle when we lived in Germany and he was racing like on Autobahn, Nuremberg Mm. ring, things like that. You know, a lot of the famous tracks out there overseas. And so I was learning through him on how to manage a bike and put your knee out and all these different things and all that. So then when we came back to the States, you know, he just kind of pick it up from there and he started doing like quarter miles and all that. So we spent a lot of time at drag tracks. Oh, wow. <laughs> in our 20s. So, yeah, it was fun watching him. So he's pretty skillful. He knows it all. I mean, like he does track and then he also knows, to, you know, how to manage a bike on the street as well and, you know, help me to enhance all of my skills. So oh, I'm great. very grateful to have he and my brother, you know, to kind of listen to me ask all these questions because, of course, you know, safety is a an important factor and they're very honest, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and they'll make sure that I'm safe and correct me and make sure that I'm doing everything as accurately as possible. Now that's interesting too, because you went to the drag races and you have these, these wonderful men who are in your life who are supporting you and giving you information. Did you see any women at the drag race who, who would be inspirational to you while you were there? I did, but you know, unfortunately I didn't know who they were. Okay. But I think one of them may have been Petey. Petey. You know who Petey is? Is that? No, I don't think so. The name sounds familiar. Yes. She's with an organization, I think, that's out of Baltimore. Okay. she was on track. And I saw her and one other lady. And I was blown away that there were actually a few women out there that were actually drag racing (laughs) with the guys. It was amazing. (laughs) I can imagine. Amazing. Yeah. I tell you, there's a lot of things that I could do, but I can't do a thing at a quarter mile. That's all I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, wait a minute. I think I, I, whew, I'm telling you, I, I think I might have hit it a couple of times. I might have done it in a quarter mile. But anyway, that's a whole nother. <laughs> You're not going to get into that. that. <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw this. Nobody saw it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but that is so cool. Now, what kind of so you got your bike after your kids had had grown up and that and that sort of thing? What kind of inspiration did you have as opposed to the people have these misconceptions about bikers and probably about women bikers? You know, I'm, I'm sure that, I, I know mm-hmm. they do. I know they do. As oh, a woman yeah. biker, I know oh, people yeah. have misconceptions about who we are, what we do, and and all kinds of things. Um, what are some of the ones you've run across since you've been biking? Some of the misconceptions. Well, well, some of the misconceptions, I would say, you know, of course, you know, the fact that we feel as if we were the only ones out here doing it. You know, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, somewhere in the 2000s, there became this boom of women. Mm-hmm. When in fact, that there were several women before us that was doing this well. You oh, know, yeah. they were just undocumented, you know. Um, the fact that we are all not the backseat girl, the party girl, um, that we are career women, 
you know, they they tend not to even think that we have legitimate careers, which right. is extremely interesting to me, you know. But I think what I really found valuable was the inspiration in watching older women mm-hmm. and young children smile and wave. And then you find out that you're actually inspiring a whole new generation or prior generation of people. And it's it's really settling, you know. You realize that you do have a greater purpose and you are making an impact. That is so true because I – you know, Shorty Rock, I would go to, when I've gone on the road on trips and I would stop at a gas station, I'd see little girls in the car and they wave at me and their moms wave at me too. And, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even the dads Absolutely. would be like, hey, you know, don't give my That's wife right. any ideas. Like, you know, all right. <laughs> and but, then you might get the other one that goes, maybe if she'll ride, she'll leave me alone right. and let me buy my bike and all the other things. <laughs> Shorty Rock, talk to her. <laughs> right, right, right. right. But it's it is so cool to see the the possibility, see these little people, these little girls, and the twinkle in their eye when they see you. You're like, oh, that's a girl, and she's on a bike, and and ladies, and you know, people, women in cars. You know, you pass them by, and they look at you and they smile and give you a thumbs up. It's just it that's edifies right. you, and it, it makes you feel good about what you're doing, and it it strengthens you. I think. Don't, what do you, how do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. It absolutely strengthens you because sometimes, you know, as women, we feel powerless, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're fighting through corporate America. We're fighting on an everyday basis to be respected and treated a certain way. And we have to maintain our composure and stance and so forth. And then you find out that here's someone else looking up to you just by a pure moment of seeing something that they wish they could do. And it's not necessarily the the writing, I think, as it is the liberation that you have, the independence, the stress yeah. that you're displaying. All of those different things make a huge difference. And you also have to remember that somebody paved that way for you to be able to have this type of freedom that we have. Right. You know, those women stood and fought for rights for us to vote and for us to do several other things in this world. And, and now that- we're able to do these things freely. Right. And that, that reminds me, you were in, you are involved in, is it Maggie Stringfellow? Oh yeah. I was a part of the, um, I'm a former committee member for the Bessie Stringfield. Bessie. Uh, That's so terrible. Yeah, I yes, forgot her name. Yes. Bessie Stringfellow. Oh no, it's okay. Yeah. 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 And that was one of those opportunities that I had, you know, and um, it was an honor to be able to work with the founder and all the other ladies in that situation, you know, but I was inspired purely by the story. You know, Bessie Stringfield is an image of a woman that we see as an African-American standing proudly and in a professional manner next to a motorcycle that she rode across country yes. during the Jim Crow era. Yes. You know, and you think about her not necessarily looking for the fame or the glory of it, but just doing it right. during those times. I found it to be compelling and I wanted to be a part of that so bad. And initially my thought was to just participate. And then eventually it grew to the request of my participating firsthand on the committee to help with the events and so forth. But it's an amazing story. But through that experience, I was able to meet several other Black women who were out here doing some phenomenal things. Right. I mean, I met ladies who were on motorcades, police motorcades, and they may have been one of less than 10 mm-hmm. on their squad or in their department that actually was a female motorcyclist and a police, I don't know the proper word for, you know, how do you train, you know, to see those ladies with those skills yeah. and they pass the test in order to do that. I mean, they do some phenomenal things. You got yeah, they do. 
they do. I've seen the oh my gosh, those tests yeah. on those bikes. Oh my my. Almost they oh, almost lay a big old bike down, pick it up, and you're like, Whoa. oh going around curves. It is phenomenal oh. to see it. I'm not seeing a woman it do it, is. but I would love that. That would just woo. Oh. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, you. love it. You've got the right suspension. You can do it. I scraped my floorboards once, and my husband almost had a conniption, so don't do that. <laughs> not on a regular bike. <laughs> he said, that is not a sports bike. You cannot ride that thing like that. <laughs> back when Ooh, I had I <laughs> back when I had my um the Victory Hammer, and that's a sports cruiser, and it was billed as mm-hmm. such, and it had a wide rear tire, like a 250 rear that, tire. Ooh. That thing. But I scraped a mini a peg going around the curve. And because of that wide tire, it took a lot of pull to pull it over, you know, because you had to go, mm-hmm. you, you got a lot of rubber on the road. Literally, you got a lot of rubber on the road. So it, it takes a lot of control to keep that rubber on the road and to pull it over to get around those curves. So when I got a, right. a, 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 when I got a touring bike that had a thinner wheel back there, I was... I was dropping it. I was like, wait a minute. Hey, hey, I can do this. Look at this. <laughs> it was so much easier to get dip. And, you know, not that I do a lot of dipping. No, I don't know what. No, no, there's no dipping here. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. You sure? Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, once again, that's another show. But it was so much easier. I remember that bike. That bike was beastly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I love, love that bike. Her name was BB the Bombshell. All right, I rode her cross country, and people would say, "You did what on what?" Because it was a sports cruiser. It did not have a windshield. It did not have floorboards. All it had for you know, I made it a girl bike in my mind by putting saddlebags on it because I'm a girl and I need my bags. I need to carry things, so that's mm-hmm. what I did. How about that? And but when I went across country, I put a little teeny <laughs> the only windshield that was available for that bike was a little teeny windshield and I got that and went on about my business. And so when I stopped at a victory dealership in LA, uh, the, the, the dealer was like, one of the salespeople was like, you did what? You, you rode that across country? <laughs> and he was trying to get me on the, on the victory cross country to go back. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can get you something more comfortable to go back cross country. I said, no, 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 no. I wrote it here. I'm right back. And I did. So there yeah. you go. It, it is. It was amazing to do that. That was, an, um, well, I mean, I've gone to Sturgis since then, but, it, you know, going across country and I was the only woman in the group who did it. And, and my thing was, I did not want to be the weakest link. I am not going to be the weakest link. No way. <laughs> I think that's. You know, do you find that when you, because you ride in, you ride with a, a bunch of, okay. you put a bunch of dudes too. And, so, you know, do you I ever do. find that they, any of them who don't know you well might treat you if you go into a situation with, in, with some bikers who aren't familiar with you? Do you ever get that <laughs> sense that they kind of, oh, she's a girl biker. Do you ever get that? Well, or did you, you know, do you ever get that feeling? That you ask that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have definitely had that conversation. Uh, but it's funny because like you state, you know, I primarily ride with a lot of guys, you know, mm-hmm. so they kind of taught me everything that I know as far as handling myself out there on the road and all of that. And, you know, because of my experience and background, I know how to handle myself generally. So okay. I know the possibilities of what the conversations can go like, you know, so I wasn't worried about it so much, but absolutely, you know, uh, there's always this secondary judgment about mm-hmm. my skills and or abilities, but I think it was quickly corrected when I took my soft tail deluxe to Texas for the first time. 
Mm-hmm. And very much like yourself, you know, where I did have a windshield, but the bike didn't have cruise control, nor mm-hmm. was it meant to do that kind of riding, you know. Uh, and the gentlemen that I were with, you know, they were saying, hey, you know she's going to need a tow, right? So just make sure that she's got space in the trailer that y'all got pulling behind her that she's going to need to pull it on in before she get to Tennessee. Mm. And I went, and I had no idea that that was the, the thought. They didn't tell me that story until I got to Texas. Oh, wow. But I had that fight in me to do just what you stated, not mm-hmm. to be the weakest link. And it was because it was something that I really wanted to do. So I was driven to get it done. So after that trip, for the most part, the guys fight my battles for me. So I don't have to worry about people questioning what I can and cannot do because they'll go, oh, no, 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 uh-uh. That's Shorty Rock. Don't do that. Don't don't even start that. Don't, don't try it, man. You don't want to go there. <laughs> you don't want to go there, you know, and I'll tell them in a minute. I can show you better than I can tell you. Mm. Talking this for somebody else. Let me know what time you got. Let's go. Let's put some yeah, miles Exactly. Down. Yes. All it is. is is time, money, and endurance. Exactly. The endurance part. I think that's what really gets some people, it makes people afraid. They don't believe they have the endurance. And what I've told, and you tell me what you've told women or or anybody who's wanted to, to take a long ride. If you make up your mind that you're going to do it, do it. And what you do is if you, if you start getting all wrapped up in your head and you're saying you can't do it, do it by gas stops. I got, I got two more mm-hmm. gas stops. And then before you know it, you've gotten to where you wanted to go. Think of it in gas stops. That, I mean, that's break it up mm-hmm. in your mind. Do whatever you need to do to play any kind of trick that you need to do to get to what you want to do. And your goal is to make it to that destination. So get there. What do you do? What do you tell people? Join me on the next episode of You Better Hear Me to hear more from Shorty Rock and how she navigates the biker world.